Established in 2020, the Authors Porch is a space for authors to share their literary works of art. Founded by C.J. Ives Lopez, the Authors Porch puts authors first and becomes a premier destination for all at every level in their careers. When you join the Authors Porch, we want you to think of us as a beacon of light, bringing you home to a porch where your family is waiting to usher you into your greatness. From live cast to podcast, blog posts, and most recently, the magazine, the Authors Porch brings promotional services and advice to authors to get their writing published. Whatever the issue, the Authors Porch connects writers with the service desire to create their dreams into reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the Authors Forge, where every good conversation has. We are super excited. We've got Sedona Ash back on the podcast here. How are you hey. doing, Sedona? Doing good. How are how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so I've been really excited to speak to you again because we had such a blast the last time. I full on belly laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. You know, and I'm excited because since we've spoken, I've read Klutz. Oh boy. And, and I know that you have a new one cut. Look, I just scratched my head and my hair went everywhere. Okay. All right. So yeah, this is how it's going to be for us. Uh, I'm not so, to touch. <laughs> and, and I know you have a new one um, coming out, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but I want to tell everybody a little bit about you just in case they don't remember the great time we had last time. So Real quick, Sedona Ash, hailing from a small town in Tennessee near the Great Smoky Mountains, Sedona enjoys reading and writing stories filled with powerful paranormal females and sexy supernatural shifter men. And I'm going to tell you, when she says sexy shifter supernatural <laughs> men, when you're reading them, you feel the heat and you and the powerful paranormal females, you're feeling the power as well. Um, now, let me tell you one of her crazy goals, okay? She does have a crazy goal of writing a million words a year. And she has a dream as well of spending six months in Thailand or Indonesia someday. Yes, I can't wait. It's going to happen. I just know it. Wow. So that's, girl, you've got some, you have got some goals and some dreams. And you know what? And based off of the last time we spoke and how I, you said you were writing till four in the morning, I bet you're going to meet every single one of them goals. <laughs> I know. I, it's so funny because I was thinking the last interview, I was like, I, I was up till four and then everything happened again because this is kind of, I live a calamity life, I think. And um, so everything happened again. And I think I have slept one night in the past week, um, but I did finish the next book. I just finished it yesterday morning at 5 a.m. So Golly, Wally, you know, so I see you on the feed and you were just go. And we were talking about this in the green room before we came on camera. And I said, you were, I said, you have a really colorful background and you were telling me how this is where you paint when you want to yes. relax. And I was like, is there anything you can't do? And you do it <laughs> so well, like everything you do is very, very good. And I'm like, you know, I can't even get out of bed good in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no promises on the bed thing. You know, I, I have time. I'm walking into walls and everything until I have my caffeine. But <laughs> and so, give us a little bit of background on Klutz because I know that you've got another one coming out really soon, correct? 
So give us yes, a um, the second book in that series is coming out. Well, I have to have it up. I'm putting it up tonight, and then it'll okay. be out on the 27th of October. Okay. So give us, I know you got some other books, but give us a little bit of background on Klutz, because that one just cracks me up. Okay, so I'm a little bit off the wall. If you know me personally, it's <laughs> I kind of have a wacky sense of humor. And um, I'm sitting there on the couch, and, and again, I live a clumsy life. I mean, I have the talent. I can fall, I can fall upstairs uh, instead of down them. I mean, you name it. I can fall. In fact, one time my father actually said, just stand still because you hurt yourself all the time. Just stand still. And I stood there and my ankle gave out and I hit the floor. <laughs> it was the worst timing ever. <laughs> and he goes, never mind. You can't, you'll hurt yourself standing still. So my, I mean, my nickname growing up was Grace because I was graceless. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I love supernaturals. I love not having to play by the rules. And it occurs to me that a phoenix is going to come back. And I'm like, how many times could you kill this character off, the main character? Yeah. And she'll come back. And I'm like, this is fabulous. And so I start cackling like I have the greatest <laughs> thing on earth. My husband looks over because that's never a good sign in our house. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I just thought of this idea. And so I tell him, I'm like, it's a phoenix. And she's going to die. And she's going to die in all these terribly clumsy ways. And he just says that that's actually a story idea. And I'm like, yes, and it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, that's he's where it like, came from. <laughs> he's like, she's at it again. Lord, help me. She's going to be up till four in the morning. Here's another book. <laughs> he's so sweet and supportive, but he hates that I am. I will put okay, it's two, two parts. One is I'm a procrastinator and I do my best work at the last minute. Mm -hmm. The other part is that um, as a mom. There's a hundred other things during the day. I homeschool. I tend to put off my writing time as, oh, that's my fun time. And the problem is you keep doing that. And eventually now you're behind on a deadline. And so I, I'm working right now on trying to see that in time as that it's okay for me to step back and say, you're having fun playing or we can eat fast food tonight. And I'm going to sit and write at a normal hour instead of from, you know, 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I, when you just said you homeschooled, I was like, and you homeschool, like yes, you're selling best-selling books. You're writing best-selling books. You're painting amazing pictures because I was totally helped out on my wall. You're homeschooling, and not to mention the pictures of your reptiles. Like I told you the other day, I says I am deathly afraid of snakes. Like now, I don't. So I'm gonna try not to laugh saying this. So. <laughs> Because it's not supposed to be funny. That's why I'm going to feel bad because people are going to be like, you're a horrible person, CJ. Okay, so I have a dog who's paralyzed mm -hmm. in his back legs. And so I have him on a sling in the morning walking outside. Mm -hmm. And we saw a snake. Oh, no. You know what happened? <laughs> Did I you him. No, I didn't oh, throw him, but I drug oh him God. back inside. So I'm like, no, we're going inside. So he didn't have any choice. So he's like, whoa, I can't help myself. So I'm definitely afraid oh. of snakes. But your pictures, I was like, oh, my God, they're so cute. And I was like, why am I liking snakes all of a sudden because of her? What is going on with me? So like everything that you're doing. So please don't tell me one more thing that you do good. No, I'm just joking. No, please do. I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold back. So, um. So you have Klutz, which I loved and I read. I've been waiting for the next one. And you have a new one coming out. 
you said on the 27th, correct? That's the second book of Klutz. So when we talked, I had just finished the third book in the Dragon series, which finished that. And then this will be the second book in Klutz. And then I have to start immediately writing, um, because I don't want to get behind again. I'm going to immediately start writing the second book in my Siren series. So, yeah, busy, busy. Okay, so tell us about the second book in Klutz, and I want to hear more about the Dragon and Sirens, because I'm, like, totally in. All right, so the second book of Klutz, obviously, we're continuing with the same theme as before, where, you know, she can't be killed. Um, And she's kind of got that funny, sarcastic sense of humor. The beginning is a little slower, so if you've watched it, the beginning's a little slower, because obviously we have to have, for a character, you have to have an, an arc. She can't just be slapstick humor kind of the whole time. Yeah. So there's, it's a little bit at the beginning. Um, it's still funny. I mean, okay, so this will be a little bit of a spoiler alert, but it turns out her magic is just as clumsy as she is. So as she's yeah. gaining it, she's, you know, oh, I want to blow this guy, away, this guard away that's going to attack us. And instead she blows half the building away because oops, you know. So, <laughs> um, and yeah. then as it, it moves on, we're going to move back into that, you know, um, the craziness where we get to see how many times we can kill her. Yeah, Again. you know, when <laughs> I, I finished that sense of humor, but it was it was hilarious. And I'm telling you, when I got to the one part that you talked about on the first show that we did, the I was like, I got to this part. I was so excited. I was very <laughs> excited. And when I finished reading the last word on the first page, I mean, not for the first book, I literally was like this. <laughs> And my husband was like, what just happened? Why are you, what, why is your mouth wide open? And I was like, you have no idea what just happened. Like, <laughs> she did not just do that to me. And I have to hey. wait. And this was last month. So I was like, I have to wait a whole freaking month now. <laughs> okay, so funny story about that one. That was my mouth when I wrote that chapter. So I, ha- I have a friend who I basically message the chapters to as I'm writing them just to see if I can make her emotional. Because if I make her mad at me or, you know, she gets she's laughing really hard. I'm like, yes, I hit that note that I wanted to hit. And I kind of get that real time feedback. And um, so I got to those last three chapters of Klutz and I she says, well, what's going to happen? And I said, I can't tell you because there's a plot twist coming. So because I knew I knew the plot twist that was coming, except I got to the end and that wasn't the plot twist I expected. So when he turns that phone around, I was like, no way. Are you serious? That <laughs> <laughs> was like the story of my life as a writer. Yeah, yeah. Looks like you have some of your friends coming in to, to watch you today. Oh, yay. Kate. Hi, Kate. <laughs> oh, man. Some of the funniest little things happened. So let's hear about, you said you have a dragon series and a siren Yes. So the the dragon series is my first one. And that one was, that was a lot of fun. Um, It wasn't, it's kind of funny because I'm like, oh, that one's not as crazy over the top funny. And then everybody messages me and they're like, it was so funny. And I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, So that one is, she doesn't know she's a dragon shifter. She doesn't even know the paranormal world exists. So she's kind of stumbling through this paranormal world to find out that she's actually, it's roughly based on, uh, Tiamat, which was one of the old goddesses, and mm-hmm. she was the dragon goddess of the sea. And in mythology, she was kind of done wrong. So I thought it'd be fun that this was basically her chance to come back and redo things in a way. Um, that's kind of rough. It's, that's just the very basic backstory. But essentially, 
she's going through trying to set balance back to the world because the dragons are all powerful. And when the dragons were hunted and kind of disappeared, then all the other paranormal races kind of started fighting and being greedy. So mm. that's kind of that one. And it's funny because the beetle was the thing on the last Klutz book. I hear so much about the beetle. Yeah. And on the dragon goddess, again, like I, you, we were talking, it was like four in the morning. And um, one of the very, like the last little bit of lines I wrote was this line. And I, I said something like the, it was so quiet, you could have heard a pin drop. But instead mm. of that, I wanted something. And again, it's way too early in the morning. And so I put, it was so quiet, you could have heard a crab fart. And <laughs> yeah, she was she was by the ocean. And um, so oh, I thought God. it was funny. Yeah. And um, but I didn't think it was that funny. I, I said, you know, in the morning when I wake up, I'm going to take I'm going to take that line out. And it just it made it. And now I keep getting ah, oh. the crap. Like that's that's epic. Like there's certain things about certain lines and books that make the book and the author that wrote them memorable right yeah i mean oh, it's yeah. funny because when you when you go because i have these um like pro writing a and in grammarly and all oh, yeah. and and all the the mother sites that help you pick out you know all the horrible grammar that people like me have because it's really bad before oh, you I send know. it for the proofreading and for editors and stuff so they don't go you should totally never write right, <laughs> and, right. Um, and and they'll tell you these cliche lines and I'm like oh that's cliche okay let me take it out so it's so funny because I'm always getting these little little flags that say that it's cliche and I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> but, but when you have something that is so freaking original like like it's so quiet you can hear crap art like <laughs> that's that that sums up how not okay i am <laughs> mentally <laughs> like that seems like a good idea but really like i was saying like what would you hear if you were on a shore she yeah. you know this big dramatic scene and everything what would you expect to hear oh you wouldn't hear God. a pin drop you know? Yeah, please, somebody, somebody out there that ever watches us, please write a book about a crab farting, please. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be the cutest kids book? Yeah, like, somebody please write a book about crab farting, because I need yes. to see it. I need to see the picture, the illustration, because I have it in yes. my head now, and I'm never going to be able to let it go. <laughs> right? I know. And a beetle. And oh. a beetle. We need like little mascots here. Yeah. Like you can make a children's book. And I'm not, I please don't take the idea because you have enough and you need to finish writing the ones you already have because we love <laughs> what you already do. But somebody can make a children's book based off of your epic things in your books. Oh, that you would know? be fun. That would yeah. be so fun. They could partner with you and make them because they're totally cute. So, oh. okay. You have a siren series too, right? Okay, so the siren, again, was one of those. Um, okay, so I, one of my hobbies that I like to do is I like to free dive, and I like to do the mermaiding, which is where you put the full silicone, not um, not the fabric. These are the ones made by, like, the movie set designers. Yeah. And I flew to Mexico years ago with a friend, and we swam in the caves there and terrified people. One of the best times of my life because there was nothing bigger than, like, this, swimming in the water, little tiny fish. And then here we were 30 feet down, just cruising around, you know, and we scared, we could wait and people would come into the cave and we'd come up from the bottom and you'd hear them screaming like something off Jaws. 
And that always stuck with me. And I was like, <laughs> right, wouldn't, wouldn't that be funny, though? It was great. Um, so because we just be laying on the rocks and they go by and then, you know, you just flash by them. And yeah, it was awesome. And that kind of stuck with me. And then as I got more into like the mermaid, mermaid thing, I realized that mermaids tend to have two cultures on most things. They're either this idea of little of little mermaid, you know, mm -hmm. Ariel, Disney, and they're basically humans that are in the water. So they don't have a unique culture like another supernatural species. You know, we have all these things that a werewolf does, you know, the alphas and all, you know. And of course, that changes between authors. But we do have a pretty set standard of what we expect a vampire to do. Or, you know, there's like a basis. But if you think about it, the mermaids don't really have it. There's like, oh, they have a tail. ha. Huh? Um, <laughs> and then we have the flip side where they're just like almost mindless and they eat people. <laughs> And I thought, well, why can't they have a culture? Why can't they, you know, why can't there be more or a really cool backstory? So in this, in this one, I was like, I'm going to write dark. I don't even, I don't know why I thought I could do this. Right. And I'm like, this is not going to be funny. And I'm like, this is just totally going to be very serious. And so she's basically got frozen in time from Atlantis when Atlantis sank is the idea behind the book. And she gets awakened and Back in the Atlantis days, she was fighting against kind of, I call them the ancients, but they were like the gods. The gods, you know, the, the mythology kind of unleashed this evil on Earth. And she was one of the people fighting it. And Atlantis sank in the middle of this battle and she got frozen. So she wakes up still ready to complete her mission and just starts killing people. So the mm. book starts with you not knowing why. It's just like these attacks. Like maybe she truly is just evil. But the reality is she she does know she's able because of this power to sense which people have very bad lives and have, you know, not been treating people right and that kind of thing. And I was like, this is so serious. This is just I had two scenes in the book that I laughed. One of them is the favorite scene I've probably ever wrote because it, um. I don't want to give too much away, but essentially, you know how the, you always say, oh, the prince on the white white horse is going to come save yeah. the princess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she comes in. She comes in on a great white shark. <laughs> and um, I kind of just was like, yes, I love this. But yeah, um, flip, it, flip the script, please. Yeah. Yeah. So she she saves her boys. Um, oh, yeah. But. But yeah, I was like, it's totally serious. This one is dark and serious. And then the first reviews start coming in and people are like, I laughed the whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, can, like, I guess I missed the mark. You're like, I have my dark hat on. Why are you laughing? I did. I did. I guess, I guess there's no helping it. That's super. That sounds fascinating like super fascinating because you own it's like you created a culture for something that didn't have one before which I love that because a lot of authors they're researching to make sure they stay true to the whatever especially in the fantasy world because in the fantasy world fantasy authors and fantasy readers will literally call you out they're like hold on oh, vampires yeah. don't do that I'm not reading this book like they're serious <laughs> yes. about their their worlds and what the the fantasy creature within that world will do and if you don't stick to it they'll be like um excuse me hello i'm not reading your stuff so you went and you created a whole cult. i mean like you're starting yes yeah. that's what i like i you know i love i read i've read paranormal books for years and, and stuff and i love that but i also don't want to write the exact same thing 
So that's for me as a writer is one thing is I kind of want to find that happy medium. You know, romance readers don't always love. I mean, I'm not saying like all of them across the board, but, you know, you're not in it for Lord of the Rings. You know, they're not they're, They want the story to move at a good pace because they only have so long to read. You know, this is their quick break. But yeah. you still want this world. You know, it's still fun to have this world. Yeah. And so I'm trying to find that balance between, you know, I love the romance in the books, but yeah. I also don't want to write that typical romance. I like the action and you know, the funny oh, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, when I keep reading the same cookie cutter over and over, I tend to just stop reading a very specific genre because everything becomes so cookie cutter and I'll, and I'll find, and I'll wait until I find something that just literally sparks, yeah. sparks my soul to read again. So what inspires you, you? Yeah. What, what inspires you to write specific things? Like, like how do the ideas just pop in your head or do you see certain things? What, what kind of gets you in the, these ideas? So for me, the, and people have said this before, that that's the writing's not the problem for them. It's, it's the thinking of the ideas. For me, I have an overwhelming number of ideas. I have, I tried to write it out. I have 50 different stories that I want to write. And that's mm. just right now. Um, <laughs> I like to think about a concept, you know, like I want to write a story about, okay, I have one, I have one that I'm going to start working on. And the designer had a, a dinosaur, the cover designer. She just had this random dinosaur uh, character uh, to put on a cover. And she goes, please, somebody write a dinosaur story. And she goes, I'd love to make a cover with this. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, a dinosaur, huh? And I had no plans to write a dinosaur book, but I did want to write a story about an archaeologist because if I was going to go back to school, I would love to be an archaeologist, right? And I thought, okay, so let me think this one through. So paleontologist. So I said, go ahead and design it. I'll have a story by the time you finish doing it. So all day long, my mind's just like going. So now the cover's hysterical. Like, I mean, it's really cool. And now I have this image of, so she accidentally kind of brings these back to life. She doesn't know she's their soulmate. The soulmate has this magic that will bring these back to life, these shifters who are dinosaurs. And because it's been so long, they're extremely confused as to this modern world. So she's ch going to be chasing them down streets, trying to convince people that it's a movie prop or cosplay. And <laughs> they're actually, <laughs> oh my God. so I am so excited about this story, but it was the randomest thing, you know, and that's kind of how most of mine end up, or I'll think of a trope like, okay, I want a sick, you know, I have a, a story idea where I want to write where the, the female is ill. And the only thing that is going to save her is her mates, but she doesn't know that. And they don't know that. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, so I have this idea in the back of my head. Now I'm just waiting to list, like think and see, okay, so what kind of shifter? Is it going to be a normal, like a, a pack of wolves? Is it going to be some random creature that just pops across the kid's television show? And I'm like, that's it. That's where we're going. Well, you know, when is the paleontologist one coming out? Are you just, Starting oh, to write um, it. I, I'm just starting to write it. I'm hoping because I have it and I have one other one that I'm I'm working on. Like those are my next ones in between Siren. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it's going to come out by the first of the year if everything Golly goes well. Holy Wally, that one sounds hilarious. That well, one sounds I think so too. Absolutely hilarious. 
Like she's like, look, pterodactyl, just get over here in the back of the truck. Like I, I'm yeah. not even funny. Like I tried to be funny right there. It didn't work. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I just, I'm just like, I think this is going to be fabulous. And you know, yeah. you think about she's like in this museum and you know, we, what we've all seen the movie, the night in the museum. And yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah. thought about it at the time, you know, but then somebody's like, Oh, so there'll be funny scenes like that. And I'm like, well, now that you say it, you know, there, there could be some funny scenes, but she has to figure out, one, you know, now how's her career going to work? You can't exactly stay there. Right. How's she going to sneak them out of the museum? Because they're not the frozen dinosaurs that everybody thought they were. They're mm -hmm. actually, you know, so I'll get to have fun with that whole concept. Man, that sounds like a lot of fun. And you've been having like huge amounts of success. And it's been really inspiring because, you know, in the indie world, there's a lot of people struggling to find that success so it's like on your news, news feed of any authors that you follow all you see is oh I can't make oh just the doom and the gloom so to finally see an oh, yeah. indie author who has huge amounts of success it's like finally finally so what has been your greatest success so far um okay let's see I would I okay so it's actually success success um, the pre-orders, that was a big thing for me. Most of my pre-orders for my books have been under 400. Um, so, and, and they're not all huge or anything, but for Klutz, the second one, I checked this morning and it's over 4,000. It's like 4,200 or something. So that was, that's really big to me. You know, I always thought, well, I'd love to know that when I put a book out that the pre-order is going, you know, it's, it's right off the bat, you know, a big mm -hmm. chunk. Um, my biggest success, I think, and it should it should happen by the end of this month or a week into next month. I will actually hit one hundred thousand dollars as my royalty earnings as my life, lifetime. And since my first book was published the middle of February. So that makes it like eight months, nine months. And I'll be a six figure author. And I'm like, wow, I I am truly blown away. I'm so thankful to my readers and for their support and for putting up with my wacky self. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do one, you you know, I have this thing and I bet I can't find the picture real quick, but I, you know, I bet one of the best selling authors, he always says constantly, he says, one, you have to have a good cover, which you do. I do think so. And if, and if you don't have a good cover, people just are going to look past it. Cause they're like, well, that doesn't look good. I'm moving on. And unfortunately, right you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but I mean, that's, that's humans. I, it doesn't matter. We know, do. A lot of people will look in more, but the next thing they're looking at is a blurb. So yes. you have to have a good blurb as well. So it's like, and then it's like you have certain strikes, you know, and then after a while, they're going to just stop paying attention, you know, oh, yeah. and, and this bestselling author always also says, you know, they'll look past certain things, you know, and, and at some point they can't look past them. So in your books, you have a great cover. You have an amazing blurb as well. And then, and then your person, I don't want to say persona because it's actually you. It's not a persona because your persona is you and who you are authentically is such a bubbly, inviting person who actually gives a crap about people. And I think that that just, that's why you're making six figures on and on top. And then after you get past all of that, it's a good freaking book. I mean, you read <laughs> it 
and it's a good freaking book. I mean, the stuff in there is not only hilarious, but I mean, the, the, the romance part of it is fire hot. It was like, <laughs> put this down for a minute. And then, and then the, the paranormal scenes are just, wow. The action scenes are wow as well. So, I mean, when you, when you hit all of those, I mean, a lot of people go, well, what did you do? Because I want to emulate it and all the other stuff. Well, there's your answer, everybody. That's what you emulate. You have a great cover. You have a great blurb. You actually engage with people and you have a good personality. You don't be a total jerk. Um, and and you make sure you write a good book. Yeah, it is. And I will say, so on the cover first, that has to be the most important thing. Like whatever you're doing, don't skimp out on your cover. That is what's going to grab you first. Um, and I... I have read so many wonderful books with bad covers, but to be honest, if I hadn't, they hadn't either been purchased for me or I hadn't read an excerpt somewhere else without seeing the cover, I probably wouldn't have bought them. So the covers are huge and be proud of it. You know, I mean, that's like, wow, it's, you're putting out a movie. Think about it like that. You need a movie poster that's going to suck people in. That's why they spent all that money on movie artwork. The second thing is blurbs are hard. I hate blurb writing. I mean, that is my least favorite part. And I find that after I've written this book, I am mentally drained. And it is way too hard for me to be like, well, what I, I start getting in my head too much. What is going to draw people in? What is this? What is that? And I'll tell you what I did. And this is probably very dumb, but this is how I did it. Um, so, you know, there's like all these different services that will offer to help you write a blurb, help you write a blurb, you know. And everyone's the best one, supposedly. Yeah, I went and I went and I spent, I think, $200, but I went on Fiverr and I hired five different blurb writers and mm -hmm. they ranged from $60 to $10. And I sent them all the exact same information. I'm like, yeah. this is the, this, the criteria. And I let them all send them back to me and they were all five completely different. But what happened was I found the one like by comparison, because every time I put a like start doing a blurb, it was like, but is this good? Is this the best one? And I found the person that I really like to work with. So she'll send me stuff and I never use the whole thing, but I pull some lines from it and then, you know, twist around what I want. But I really, I would really recommend that because one came back super dramatic. One came back first person. I never thought about writing my blurb in, in that first person. And now I've switched. That's how I write all my blurbs. But the one that wrote that third person, it was a really great blurb. It was $15. And I had to really kind of combine those two because it was so good. So no matter what genre you're in, that's not the worst idea is to go because I get so many comments now about the blurb sucked me in, the blurb sucked me in. Um, yeah. So I think I think, think that helps. And then every comment, you know, I try and I don't keep up with all of them but your readers love to hear from you. So mm -hmm. they'll come and comment. You know, I run my little ads on Facebook and I'll try to go through and comment on them. One, one time I went through and I just put like, is it a GIF? I guess the little video, like the little meme, I put yeah. a different GIF to respond to almost every single person. So I'd be like, yeah. thank you for your support. And then I put like somebody doing a weird dance yeah. or somebody would say, Oh, I can't believe you left it like that. And so I'd put me too, you know? And like, so I did it. And so <laughs> Somebody came on and said, I wasn't going to read the book, but the comments are so hilarious down here that I'm reading your book now. And I just want you to know that. So, you know, don't be afraid to be you and don't be too stiff. And I mean, it's okay to be, you know, very proper, but also don't take yourself so seriously. 
mean, oh my God, I love that line. It's probably my favorite, favorite, favorite line. Do not take yourself so seriously. Like, yeah. enjoy life. You get, I, you know, I tell everybody, if we are the luckiest people in the world, we get a hundred years. But trust me, yeah. that is a very small, small group of folks. And yes. if you look at it compared to the the lifespan of people compared to the universe, a hundred years is a very short period of time. What the hell are we doing? Not having fun. With I know. That? Yeah. I know so, we should be out riding ostriches and stuff. Right. I would totally ride an ostrich. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I totally beat you. I totally beat you. You this would. Is like, it's one of the last things on my bucket list. No, I, I, I would be scared. I'd be the one in the back screaming, going, get me off this thing. <laughs> That's why you, <laughs> you could totally take that race. <laughs> yeah. Prob well, maybe, I don't know. I'm clumsy. I'll be like on their backwards and then, you know, who knows? You'd be like, I went off too. And I'd be like, okay, we'll just a minute. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done, I've done a few dumb things. Oh, uh, <laughs> So who's been your biggest influence throughout this journey? Oh, caffeine. <laughs> does, that, does that work? Uh, I, I have, I, you know, when I started writing, I didn't know anybody in the writing world at all. I had authors that I admired, you know, the, the authors in, in my genre um, authors that aren't in my genre that I looked up to because like we talked about before, to me, authors have always been the movie stars, you know, where people are obsessing over them. I'm like, oh, an author. <laughs> um, now I, I think it's um, it's just my crew. Like as I'm as I found my people, <laughs> they've just been so supportive, you know, my editors and they're like cheering me on and, you know, you've got this girl, hang on, you know, and I think, I think it's just been that support team. It's so important to find. Yeah. You have to find your crew, your tribe, your people, like your person. And somebody to laugh and be like, you didn't take it too far. That, that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you have for authors if you had that one piece of advice um, so they could be that six-figure author with you? Um, one is still, number one is just sit down and write. <laughs> And, and two, I think don't give, don't give up because this is not what I expected at all. You know, I'm going to be completely honest. And I heard an author one day and she was talking and she said, we can do all the right things. And there's still some kind of element of luck to it, whether the algorithm is on your side that day or, you know, your ad hits just right there. There's still like this little bit of, of luck or, you know, to me, I feel like God blessed um, that he just has blessed me and he's kind of supported that. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, and she said, you know, just hang in there. And I've heard so many interviews or like listen to interviews and read posts where people are like, they got to their 13th book or their 10th book. And then all of a sudden things just exploded for them. So just remember why you write, you're writing because you want to, if you stopped writing today, would you still write? And most people say, yeah, I mean, this is, we have stories to tell. We have to get them out. Mm -hmm. Then your book's not going to make any money sitting on your computer. So why not go ahead and just stick with it as, as you can, you know, and you're going to get better. Every word you write is better than the last thing that you wrote. Yeah, absolutely. If I had to stop writing today, I think I'd go into a deep depression. I'd be yeah, like, I'm exactly. done. Exactly. I'm done. It's, and that's to me, I was like, well, 
you know, I got, you get stressed when you have a deadline and then, oh my goodness, the anxiety. I had thought that you were only nervous when you put the first book out. I had no idea the same level of anxiety is every single book. So I'm putting the sixth book out and I'm completely convinced it's the, it's just not going to do anything. And my husband's like, would you stop? And I'm like, but it might be awful. And he's like, have people told you it's awful? And I'm like, no, they laughed. They said it was great. And I'm like, but somebody else might think, and he's like, would you stop, Brittany? Yeah. So I hope that would go away. But from what I've learned is that we're always, as authors, I guess, because we're putting our babies out in the world, we're always going to yeah. have that anxiety. Every time it's a piece of you that's going out there and that you're letting go and saying it, it's this rawness that you're letting out yeah. into the world. So you're absolutely right. Where can people reach you if they want to reach out and uh, catch your books, put book you on a show? Because I, I predict you doing a lot of this. Um, well, you can find the, my books on Amazon. If you just go to SedonaAsh.com, it takes you straight to my Amazon page. I have put a website up. So it's author Sedona Ash. And then that has all the links to social media and, you know, my, my books put in this little series so you can see them there and you can find me on Facebook. Yeah. Where she's active and talking to you guys. Crazy. And <laughs> you absolutely laugh and have a great time. So please go and follow her on all of those. And, you know, you've already told us about your upcoming projects, which you have um, the second book in the clips series coming out the 27th of October you will be starting on Siren as well as mm -hmm. the paleontologist book. And you have another one that you'll be working on, right? Yep. I have one more that I'm going to be working on and I'm a nervous wreck over it. Surprise. Um, <laughs> well, it's okay. So it's, it's kind of weird and I don't know how that will hit. So um, it's going to be reverse harem like my other books, mm -hmm. but the girl has magical multiple personality so she basically oh. can, yeah, so she I'm basically can, <laughs> right? So I like the idea. I think it's hilarious. Basically, she's going to you know, be working for this firm. They think they've hired a team of triplets, but it's really just one girl. And um, she gets sent out on a job with a group of guys who end up being her mates. And she has to try to hold up this image of three, but her magic won't last that long. So I'm I'm very excited about the I, the concept. I am a little bit sure not how a little bit not sure how this is going to hit since I'm not sure if you have three females. It's still technically one, <laughs> but how, romantically I'm not sure how this is going to work. But I'm looking forward because it's going to be funny because you're going to have when she splits into her three forms. You've got the snarky. You've got the kind of bookish like this is not a good idea. And it's going to be kind of fun to get to play off her, but it's her personalities. Oh, it's again, this great. was one of those genius things. I was like, this is awesome. And my husband's like, I'm not going to doubt you this time, but you're probably crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to doubt you this time, but wait till the other Sedona comes out later on tonight and I'll talk to her. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So I'm going to give you the last words before we wrap up because I, I could sit here and talk to you all night, but I'm sure you probably, I mean, you've got kids and a husband. I'm sure they want you. <laughs> oh, I, I'm in the middle of a reptile photo shoot. So I'm going to go back and do more reptile photos for Halloween. Oh um, my gosh. Just, I thank you for having me. And again, I want to thank my readers because this wouldn't be possible. And it has been a blast. Um, not the, in the middle of the night thing, but the rest of it has been completely awesome. 
And again, if any writers have questions, I am still new. <laughs> I am still new at this, but I am always happy to help or answer any questions or anything like that. Yeah, thanks for coming on once again. We love having you on the show. You're always welcome to come back and talk to our viewers, your fan base, because they follow you everywhere you go, which I absolutely love. <laughs> Stalkers. We're going <laughs> we're gonna to have to give them names like uh, Sedonaites or the Ashers or something. So, you know? so far, we've just been calling them the Ashes. the Ashes. I don't know. It's very, I don't, yeah, the Ashes. I don't know if that's very complimentary, but. Okay, well, the ashes can come on over every single time you're on the show. So, well, thank you awesome. so much. I appreciate it. I can't wait for the second book to come out. I'm going to have to check the siren out because it seems fantastical and all the other ones. Like, I'm just loving everything that you write. I'm like, ooh, goody, all kinds of new books to read that aren't well, thank cookie you. cutters. I'm so tired of the cookie cutters. I'm an avid reader, but the cookie cutters is really racking my brain. So, thank you yeah. so much. And guys, don't forget to tune into the Author Sports where every good conversation happens and we shine the spotlight on you. Check out our website and stay tuned for our blog interviews as well and all the other great releases that we put out on our blog. Join our Facebook group, The Authors on the Porch, for advice and to interact with amazing business professionals. Sign up <coughs> excuse me, to our newsletter to find your new favorite read and author. Pick up a copy of our magazine and find out what is the latest happenings in the literary world. And if you have an idea to submit, please do so on our website. Until next time, my friends, I am CJ. This is Sedona Ash. Go buy her books. And bye-bye <laughs> from the author's porch. Bye, Sedona. Bye. Bye.